0: Wow, it is so good to see you. I've been gone for it. Michelle and I the last couple weeks traveling conferences and man, it is great to be back. In the last two weekends, though, didn't Pastor Josh and Pastor Matt, did they not do an unbelievable job? <laughs> Grateful. You can pray for Pastor Matt and Zach from, uh, from blunt county and we've got a bunch of students that are at camp this week michelle and i went up and friday night and i preached had a bunch of kids saved and we've had kids saved every sir i mean people saved every service we baptize every service at this campus all weekend folks are being saved at other campuses it is an exciting time to be a part of faith promise church amen so we're thrilled so we'll we take a couple things before we get involved with the with the word. Now we are about to hit our season of growth. We're going to increase in attendance every week. This weekend until Labor Day, it's going to be the greatest increase we've ever seen. And then we start our family series the next weekend after Labor Day. And we're preparing now. Lessons Michelle and I have shot DVDs for every week those six weeks in small groups and got some unbelievable stuff happening, but we still need some people who need to step up into the leadership role in groups. And God has clearly spoken to me and said, hey, we have all the leaders we need right now in the body. Amen? Y'all believe that? We have them. Two of you. Thank you. Two guys that are (laughs) saved this morning. But but so many people are afraid. Well, I can't do it or man, I don't need to or whatever, but the spirit of God is touching some of y'all. You may never have led before, but the Spirit of God is speaking to some people. And I want to challenge you to follow through. Because walking with Jesus is a walk of faith. Those that walk in the flesh cannot. Please God, Romans 8. 8. So I want to challenge you to step out. Matter of fact, I just want to speak over you as your pastor that there are things in you that you do not know. There is a gap between the life you are living and the life you are meant to live. Y'all believe that? There's this gap, and I want to call that out by faith because you have gifts, you have talents, you have things placed by God in you that God wants to use. I just want to call those out. So if if you say, hey, I think God's speaking to me, take your communication card, all campuses, write it down. Hey, call me about small group leadership or go after the service to our next steps area. It's always manned by pastors after the service. And let's get ready. We've got training next month and getting ready for what's going to be the greatest influx we have ever had. Now, this year, the theme is Psalm 6511. You have crowned the year with your bounty or your goodness, and your paths drip with fatness or fullness, fertility. And we've seen that this year. If Y'all remember, uh, February, we did a series called Tapped Out. Y'all remember that? Three weeks about how to get out of debt, how to save, how to invest how to put yourself on solid fiscal footing. In the fourth week, we talked about generosity, giving to God. And we said there are four levels of faith promise. There are those that have never given that are just going to start. Just You're just going to step into the generosity journey. Others who have are beginners, but now you're moving to a learner stage where you're going to put God in your budget. He matters to that level. Others say, hey, we're going to give to the level of the core, which is 10%. And then others said, you know what? We're giving 10. We're moving to the lavish level. We want to fund the kingdom of God, and we're over 10%. hundred and eighty, 865 families committed to go to the next level. That's a lot of folks. Now, 70 per, 76% of those that signed the card have moved up in giving. Now, let me tell you what, what, let me tell you what that's done. Last year, this week, last year, you may not remember this, but this week, last year, we were half a million dollars behind budget. Y'all remember that? I certainly do. And I know Aaron remembers it, our CFO. And, and we were talking, and man, we don't understand, we've never missed a budget in 18 years. But, but where we are right now, 12 months later, after you guys committed to give and 865 families in the bulk have started, Today, a year later, we're not $500,000 behind budget. We're $100,000 ahead of budget today. And so way to go. Thank you, God. And others of you said, saying, hey, you know, I really want to be in that. We'll just invite you in. And some of you are saying, Chris, man, pastor, I want to. You didn't, and you don't know how tight it is. We're, we're running out of month before we run out of money or running out of money before we run out of money every month. And we just can't do it. And I just want to challenge you to take a little step of faith. Just, I'm not telling I'm not asking you to sell all you have and move to Africa are you with me just take a little step of faith and god will meet you and i promise you you'll begin to see the blessings of god and the favor of god and you'll continue and you'll continue to climb the levels and we will have we will have margin we will have money to do like when in anderson county campbell county says hey will you take us or another church calls and says hey we want to be a part of faith promise that we've got money set aside that we are ready to move amen isn't that the position that we ought to be in, in the kingdom of God If Faith Promise? So, man, dive in there. Every week, I'm, uh, every weekend and every week, I'm getting stories of people, those 865 families that made commitments, you can't believe what God did. Somebody stopped me last night and said, I gotta tell you, we made a commitment and you cannot believe what God has done, how God bell us out, or how God has moved it is absolutely awesome. Well, this weekend, I've been excited about this series for so long. We're gonna start a brand new series It really deals with spiritual warfare, but the title of the series is The Fun House.
1: On a dark, dark, very dark night, Little Deb's car lost all of its might. The battery died, her cell phone too. What was Little Debbie left to do? She needed some help, and she needed it quick when she saw this tall gentleman as thin as a stick. Excuse me there, sir. Debbie started to say, Could I borrow your phone? It's been quite a day. The man turned around, and to Debbie's surprise, he had a warm grin, yet red in his eyes. No need to do so, the man exclaimed. I've seen your troubles, your trials and pain. But you, my dear, you were in luck. I made it my job to call you a truck. Oh, thank you, sir. You're far too kind. Helping a stranger in such a bind? Despite the man's look of evil appearance, and though all signs pointed to malfeasance, Debbie had recalled what was said by her mother. Never judge a book, even by its cover. Say, little lady, how about this? I'll give you an offer you simply can't miss. What's that? She squeaked, as gently as a mouse. How about a stroll through my super fun house? Oh, the offer is tempting. I have to confess, but there's a small issue I need to address. I have no money, no penny nor dime, so those odds are against me, as well as the time. (laughs) Nonsense, my dear. I'll cut you a deal. Plenty of time you'll have to kill. Besides, what's more fun for you to do? Join in on the fun, or sit with your car and stew? A ticket appeared, as quick as a magician. Here you are, my dear, one payback admission. Join in on the fun now and be filled with laughter. And all you must do is pay me back after. Debbie was in awe. How could she refuse? After all, what did she really have to lose? Step right up now, don't be shy. Keep my secrets and believe my lies. You won't be lost, nor you'll be trapped you won't get harmed and you won't be scratched. So tie up your shoes and button your blouse and off you go into my fun house.
0: (laughs) Well, the fun house. Let me tell you what the fun house is and what we're gonna talk about. We all live in this world, right? we're gonna see, well, three of us do. Come on, are are y'all awake today? So we live in this funhouse and the Bible calls it the world. But a funhouse is a place of an illusion. It is where perception is altered. And as perception is altered it becomes deception that leads to destruction. So we're going to look at that. So the sp- the series really is spiritual warfare and yet we're going to put a twist on it. Now spiritual warfare is really sort of new. If you go back more than 25 years you won't see many sermons, you won't read many books you won't see much about spiritual warfare, but in the last quarter of a century, the topic has really moved to the forefront. You'll see teachings and books and blogs and magazine articles and sermon series and, because it's moved to the forefront. It could be angels or demons, it could be deliverance. It's all about the supernatural struggle that is going on in the spiritual realm that affects us in the natural realm. Now, this is a problem. I want you to not miss this. If you're listening, Sam some saints miss spiritual warfare to their demise to be unwarned and to be unprepared is to put yourself in a precarious situation Hollywood has made billions of dollars on the topic that they don't even necessarily believed in a spiritual warfare I remember I remember the first movie that came out in 1972 y'all remember what it is most of y'all weren't even born it's called the exorcist you remember that I didn't sleep for days. (laughs) I mean, I was terrified when her head twisted around, man, I was looking for a demon under the couch, man, I was scared to death. See, I'd been watching horror movies, but I was pretty sure Frankenstein was not real. And I was relatively convinced that there was no such thing as werewolves. Although there were a few nights I wondered but I knew that demons were real. Isn't that right? And so, man, that terrified me. Well, Hollywood doesn't even believe in it. Let me tell you, the scripture is saturated on this subject. It is all the way through from the Old Testament, New Testament, painted for us are scenes of heavenly battles, cosmic conflict that rolls. And listen, warfare began before the Garden of Eden. Before God put Adam and Eve in the garden, already there had been a rebellion in heaven, and Lucifer, the chief worshiping angel pulled a coup and tried to usurp God. And God cast him and a third of the angels that followed him out of heaven. That's where the demons come from. And so even before there was a garden, there was this cosmic conflict. And in my life, in 32 years, there is no question that the battle is raging. I've watched people possessed. I've seen people oppressed. I've watched the devil destroy families, churches. I've seen the devil destroy businesses, and I've watched the enemy destroy small groups. I've seen a million ways that he worms his way in like the serpent slithering into the garden to deceive Eve and just destroy lives. Now, when you read the four Gospels, we see Jesus on a daily basis facing demons. Is that right? He was just mean, He was always involved with them. And so, well, how come we don't do that in America today? Is it, did he kill all the demons? No. Matter of fact, he told us that, that they were reserved for judgment forever. So we know they're still alive, where are they? This, I'm gonna give you a little spiritual speculation so I you really catch this because this, this theme is gonna roll through. I believe that the enemy is involved in his engagement against the church in America. See, a full frontal assault by the devil, we would win. Because we read Matthew chapter 4, and we see how Jesus won against the, the attack of Satan. We see how he cast out demons. And we know that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So we, he showed us how to win. So the devil has, has evolved. He has, gotten, he has gotten more sly and subtle in his schemes against us. And so what he's done today, and I want you to catch this. Don't miss this. The devil has disarmed the church by this. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. The devil has disarmed the church by causing us to fall in love with the world. And see, the world, we're gonna call it the funhouse. See, for years the church was all about advancing the kingdom of God, all about taking the football and running down the field. It was always about advancing the kingdom and the church. It was about God's kingdom. But but today, we're just too busy, aren't we? Come on, let's be real. Do not make me call your name. We're just too busy. It's where we're at. See, we've not fought, most of us haven't fallen to this horrible pit of sin and de- just deprived, degradation, man, down there wallowing. That's not where we are, although there are some. We know you're here. We know your name. And so there's some, but listen, the bulk of us, that's not what the devil does. The devil just gets us so involved with the world that we're too busy. And he say, well, I'm not sure about that. Well, let me just, let me throw a couple things at you. Because I'm just here to love on you, right? Pastor, I'm just here to share, share, share the love. You know, what, I, I talk to people every day about serving. I talk to people about group. I talk to people about, every day about, about committing and serving the kingdom. And this is what I hear from this church, not listen, not this, this church. Pastor, I love to serve. I love to go to group. I love to be involved. But I am just too busy. busy. Would y'all agree with that? I'm too busy. Now, let me ask you a question. Are we too busy in the kingdom's work? Excuse me? No. No, we're too busy in the fun house. It's the last arrow that Lucifer unleashed on Jesus in the garden. It said that, Jesus, that, that Satan showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the earth in an instant. It said, if you will bow down and worship me, I will give you all these kingdoms. And Jesus said, you should not. We should worship the Lord. Your God is serve him only. And boom, the devil was gone and waited for another appropriate time to attack our Lord. And so what's happened today? Go to church, it's cool. Sing the songs, don't worry, be happy. You know, raise your hands, do a little jig, you know, man, that's cool. Give a little bunny, that's all right, just go to church. Listen, just stay involved with your stuff. Just just get so involved with your life, you don't have any time. Because let me tell you how many ball fields have we run to this week? We run from baseball to basketball to football to wiffle ball to tinker ball to every kind of ball that there is, don't we? Now, there's nothing wrong with athletics. Don't get me wrong, listen. But what we do if we have prioritized our life and we have prioritized the kingdom and serving even quiet time and prayer, we have relegated, we don't have time for it. It, it, Am I talking to some people who are hearing? 12 of you, anybody hearing? Listen, don't miss this. Now, let me me hasten and say we got probably 3,000 kingdom builders at Faith Promise who have said, you know what, I'm more committed to the kingdom than I am to the world. I'm I'm more committed to building God's kingdom than I am my empire. And so I'm going to give and I'm going to serve and I'm going to be connected. I'm going to be committed and thank God for you. That's how we're growing. That's how we're moving. That's how we're grooving. But, But what most people do is they show up, right? But they don't serve up. This month, we'll have about 8,000 people worship with us. Different boys, girls, men and women students, about 8,000. This month, we'll have about 1,000 to 1,500 serving anywhere across all of our campuses. 8,000 coming, 1,000 serving. Is Is there something wrong with that? Yeah. Why do the other 7,000 not get involved? They're too what? Too what? Busy. Busy, busy, busy. Now, uh, uh, I'm going I'm, to, listen, I'm going to sling some word at you. So 1 John chapter 9, because what we're going to do is we're going to nail this down biblically today, which we always do the first message of the series. And the next three weeks, we're going to talk about how to live this out and how to have victory. 1 John chapter 5 verse 19 says this. Are you ready? Four of you. Where, listen, I've been gone two weeks. What happened to you people? Are you ready? Yes. Here we go, ready, ready, ready. I'm ready to rumble, First John 5, 19. We know that we are of God. We know we're God's people. We know that. And that the world, the cosmos, the funhouse lies in the power of who? Who's the evil one? Now the word is said, we know that we're of God. And that the world, or the Greek word, the cosmos, cosmos lies in the power of the evil one. Now, the world, the word world is used all the way through the word. And in the New Testament, it's, it's cosmos. But you've got to look at the context to find out how to define the word. And so in this context that we're going to talk about today, the world, the fun house, the world is the world system set up to function without God. Does that make sense? It's America set up to function without God excuse me, are most most of the kingdoms of the world set up to function without God? Of course they are. Why? Because we know that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. We know that. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. It's going to sling some at you. And you were dead in trespasses and sins. You used to be lost before you were found. You were blind before you could see. And you were dead in your sins in which you formerly walked, according to the course of this what? this cosmos according to the prince of power of the air who's the prince of power of the air satan the devil and that the spirited and of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience among them too we all formerly lived hey we all did it the lusts of our flesh indulged in the desires of the flesh and of the mind we did what we want we satiated our, our desires and we were by nature children of wrath even as the rest but god i love that don't you but god Being rich in his mercy, but God. If it wasn't for but God, I'd be in hell today. Because I wouldn't even be alive. He rescued me, not only spiritually, but physically. He saved my life so many times, it is unbelievable. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, he has rescued us from the funhouse. Flip back over to 1 John. Amen, come on, there we go. Now somebody's helping me. 1 John. Uh, Chapter uh, 5, verse 4 says this. Whatever is born of God overcomes the cosmos, the funhouse, the world. Are you born of God? Anybody born of God? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the funhouse, our faith. By our faith, we overcome the cosmos. We're in it, but we're not of it. We got a boat in the water, but the water's not in the boat. Having Having a boat in the lake is cool. Having a lake in the boat is not. Next week that's going to be our theme. How, do we, how are we in the fun house and not of the fun house? But it, we overcome it by our faith. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Flip over to the left, one page. This is tough. Are you ready? It's rough. You sure you, can y'all handle this? This is too much. Do not love the world, nor the things, do not love the cosmos, the fun house. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, look up here. We've already confessed we love the world, haven't we? So we have a problem, don't we? That's how the devil uses the fun house to destroy us. Let's go back. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the cosmos, the world set up to function without God, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust, the flesh, the lust, the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, it's not from the Father, but it's from the world, Satan. The world is passing away, and also it's lust, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. Let me give you one more. James 4.4. 4. E, yeah, this is tough, too. James 4.4. 4. That's Peter. James 4, four. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the cosmos, with the funhouse, is hostility toward God? Is that harsh? That's tough. Whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now, anybody want to be an enemy of God? Woo, like me, I want to. No, we don't want to be an enemy of God. But we don't realize when we have shifted our focus to the funhouse, we are putting ourselves at odds with God. I mean, what happens in our world is shift happens. There's just these shiftings in the funhouse. There's the shifting of our attention, all this. We get saved, you remember when you got saved? Were you fired up? I wish you could've been back after after the baptism a little while ago for the prayer time. Man, folks are being saved, folks are excited, man, they come to church, whoa, man, I'm saved, I want everybody to come. And then some well-meaning church members say, listen, don't worry, all that's gonna wear off, you're gonna be dead like us. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Is somebody with me in the house? I rebuke that. So, well, what's the problem, Pastor? Because I used to have that joy, and I lost that joy. I'm so glad you asked me that question, because let me answer that question. We get saved, and we have the joy of the Lord, and we have victory, and we have all this going us. So but this is what happens. Watch this. We're thinking about Jesus. We're excited. But then the, the, the mirrors of the funhouse come up. Then the world begins to allure us. The world begins to pull us, and we change our focus. Are you with me? We change our What? We change our focus from the father to the funhouse. And when you take your attention off God and you put it on the world, you lose your joy. You lose your victory. You lose all that God filled you up with. Why? Because there's no joy and victory in the funhouse. Because the funhouse is deception. It is lies. Are you with me? Why? Because it is empowered by the world. Our theme verse, 1 John 5, 5 This world is empowered by the wicked one. C.S. Lewis said this about prosperity in the world. I love this quote. It's so good. He said, prosperity knits a man to the world. He feels that he is finding his place in it, while all the time it is finding its place in him. See, the world is always trying to worm its way into our heart, isn't it? See, the devil is the one that sows the weeds, while God sows the seeds, and, and I don't know about you, if you've ever tried to grow anything, it doesn't take long for weeds to choke stuff out, does it? And see, the world is there to choke the word, to choke the joy, to choke the victory, and as long as we're focused on the word, world, we're never going to have the kind of victory that God intended for us to live in. Does this, does this make sense? That's why Romans 12, 2 says, do not, listen, whatever, do not be conformed to this cosmos, this funhouse. Don't be conformed, which means to be pressed into a mold. Listen, don't allow yourself to be pressed in the mold of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But this is what happens, man. We're, we're in this world. We're, 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 we're in this world. And things get cloudy, and it gets hard to see. And our tendency is to focus on the funhouse while everything is shifting around us. You know, life's a lot like flying. You know, before we're saved, we're stuck. Our feet are on the ground. We're sort of stuck in the funhouse. But then we're saved. Just like you're looking out the windscreen, you can see we're taking off. We get, we get saved, we, we make Jesus Lord of our life, and man, we are soaring. He becomes our true north, and we are rolling. It is awesome. And then some things happen. We, we begin to look around, and, and the ground begins to disappear. We begin to not know which way to go. So what do we do? Well, you can look up and see the compass and try to find true north. But the problem with with that is when you're flying, there's a thing called turning errors. When you turn one way, the compass goes opposite. So we use the gauge you see on the dashboard called the directional gyro. It tells us on what course we're flying. So we get back on course. Now, the problem is that we hit the clouds. So now, which way do we go? Well, we're flying on a directional gyro. Then the directional gyro does what's called progression, or it slowly gets off course. In reality, shift happens. So what do we do? We have to call the air traffic control. We have to look at our compass, and we reset our directional gyro. Because as you look out the cockpit right now, you can see there are no landmarks. There's no way to know which way to go. You can't see down. You can't see up, you can't see side to side. And that's what happens. We're saved, but we don't realize that the fun house is drawing us in, trying to pull us away from the Lord. So what are we gonna do? How are we gonna know? Well, when there's no visual way to reconcile your course, you have to fly by faith. You have to trust the gauges. Knowing that gravity pulls us down, air currents are blowing us up, wind is blowing us off course, updrafts are taking us higher than we ever wanted to go. So what do we do? We realize that even though that we're flying, the fun house is still all around us and it will do everything it it to pull you off course, off serving God, off loving Jesus. You'll start flying by your feelings. Now what? Well, flying by your, by your feelings seems easier. It's easier to look around the cosmos, to get stuck in it, to focus on things. It's really easier. Everyone else is doing it. And so we look at the world when in fact, as we've talked, the world is a funhouse trying to pull us off course. But if we'll fly by faith, even though you can't see which way to go, you keep following the gauges, you keep following the Word of God, you keep letting Jesus reset your course, before long you'll look out the window, and voila, there is the runway. That's what happens when you fly by faith. God will bring you home safely. The world will use this tractor beam, it'll try to pull you away, but if you'll trust God, if you'll fly by faith, if you'll forget all the funhouse trying to pull you down that's all around, then you can fly safely and you'll make it home. Now, we're all in the funhouse, right? We're in this world. Have you ever looked around and not known which way to go? We all have. But I promise you, when you get in that little plane and you hit the clouds, you are completely lost. It's like sitting in your car, somebody painted all the windows black. You don't know which way to go, so you have to trust the gauges. Now, add in the spiritual warfare that the devil wants to pull you off course that he wants to see you crash and burn, that he wants to destroy your marriage, that he wants to ruin your business, that he wants to keep you from serving, that he wants your small group to fall apart, that he wants your kids to fail. When you you think about that, and we already understand that that the wicked one is the one that empowers the fun house of the world, we've really got to be careful when shift happens. Shift happens. And and we're, and, and, and we're, 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 we're looking at which way to go. This is, it's just critical. And so Paul warns the early church in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. And Faith Promise, can I tell you something, man? Listen, as as just raw and real as I know how, you have no idea how many times I've prayed this verse over this church because I've watched the devil take down so many people. Does, Does that make sense? And so this is Paul writes back to the church that he founded in the city of Corinth. And this is what he said, I'm afraid. See, we're not given a spirit of fear, but Paul said, I'm afraid. That as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, that your minds will be led astray in the funhouse from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. He said, you began walking with Jesus, but I am so afraid that this wicked world, that the, that the warfare that's raging around us is gonna pull you down. Now, the early church was focused on advancing the kingdom, advancing the gospel, taking the ball all the way down the field. But let's be real. Let's just admit this. We're easily deceived, aren't we? If Adam and Eve can fall in a perfect environment, if Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, could fall, if David, a man after God's own heart, could fall, we can go down the wrong trajectory, especially with all the deception of the perception in the funhouse. The world is like a tractor beam, it's like gravity. It never quits pulling, it never quits showing, it never quits flashing the glitz and the gold and the diamonds and the things and the money and the way that the world keeps score. And, and we are so easily focused. And then you add that the enemy uses the cosmos. It feels good. Everybody else is doing it. I want to make it. I want to have what they have. I want to do that. Now listen, would y'all agree that most everybody's focused on the cosmos? Would y'all agree with that? Can, Can I tell you something? You're not everybody. Man, you are born again. You are children of the most high God. You are sons and daughters of the king. You're not everybody. Man, you are God's people. Let me tell you what never worked for me one time when I was a kid. All my friends are doing it. That ever worked for y'all? Did ever one time parents say, oh, I didn't realize everybody else. Well, then you, sure. What did my mom say? Well, if they jump off a bridge, are you going to? No. She said, we don't care. We're not everybody else. You're born again. You are sons and daughters of God. Can y'all feel me? Are you with me? So we're not going to be stuck in the fun house. That's not how we keep score. That's not what we do. We want to be busy about God's business. And he warns us in Ephesians chapter six, we're going to deal with later, not today, but later, where he says to beware, stand against the schemes of the devil. Dress in the full armor of God. Why? Because we're walking through this wicked funhouse, empowered by the devil, seeking to destroy us. Now we see in the New Testament and Old Testament, man, we see where they're fighting God. Have you ever seen that? God wants to do something. Have you ever fought with God? Sure, you have. Man, God's, for some of you, God's encouraging you to give and serve in those things, and you're fighting Him. We've all fought God. Let me ask you another question. Have you ever surrendered to God about an issue and we're sorry that you did? No, but this is where we are. See, we battle with God, right? Are you with me? We battle because we're in the fun house and God's leading we're battling. And so we're, we're battling with God. Then over here, who's shooting at us? Satan, the world, the devil, the cosmos, the fun house. Where does that put us at? In the middle. That is dumb as a stick. You ever watched the country and Western? I speak with them, I make good movies. Man, country and Western, what's the only place you don't want to be? In a crossfire. We're fighting God and the devil. Listen, I want to challenge you. Just surrender it up to God. Man, it's always good, isn't it? I mean, you surrender up to God what? because what? Me and, me and God, we can handle the fun house. You and God, you can handle the fun house, but you find the devil, you find God, you, it is a losing battle. Does this make sense? And so this is the deal. What's the first step, Pastor? Well, the first step is this. you got to be born again. See, the natural man, the Bible says, doesn't understand the things of the Spirit. So some of the stuff I'm talking about, you're saying, you know, Chris, I don't get that. Well, of course not. You have to be born again to get it. And so if you're struggling to say, I don't, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm confused. The natural man, the natural mind doesn't understand the things of the spirit. So the first step to winning warfare is stepping out of the fun house and into God's house. Stepping out of the world and into the word. Stepping out of the flesh and into the spirit. Stepping out of Adam, who we were all born in sinners, right? We will all kick his butt in heaven and then tell God we're sorry. But we all got a sinful nature from Adam, right? We're going to step out of Adam and into Jesus. So as one man died, sin in the world. as one man died, so sin is forgiven. I want to be on Jesus' team. Anybody on Jesus' team in the house? Man, I on his team. So, some of you know, you're not on Jesus' team. Never been born again. And right now, heaven's gates are opening. Right now, God is moving. The Spirit of God is speaking. As some of you know right now, if you were to die, you're not going to heaven. So you can never think about winning the spiritual war until you win the greatest battle. That is with your flesh surrendering to Jesus as Lord of your life. If you say, Chris, man, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever really been saved, but man, I want to be saved. I, I really, I just don't know, man. I don't understand how you're saying, but I want to give my heart to Jesus. I, I don't think I've ever been born again, but I don't want to give my heart to Jesus. Man, that's me. Just lift your hand up. Come on, just lift it up. You're among friends. Just lift it up. Go ahead, come on. Slip it up. Just slip it up. Hold it up there. Come on. Anybody, come on. Listen. Is that all of Jesus you want? I want it all. Come on. Anybody else? Hold it up. Anybody else? All right, heads bowed and eyes closed. Let's pray with these folks. Let's pray this out loud. I know the rest of you guys are saved, but let's pray it with them. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and be my Lord. I want to live for you because you died for me. I don't want to be sucked in by the funhouse. I want to walk in victory, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, somebody give God some praise in the house. Mm -mm. Wow. Wow. Now, there there there's some folks at all of our campuses that gave their heart to Jesus, but let me tell you what the bigger group is this weekend. The bigger group is not people who are not yet saved the biggest group of those who are stuck in the world. Is that fair? That you really wanna serve God and you say, you know what, Chris, I don't know how I got stuck. I don't know how I got where I am. If you just knew what was going on in my life, man, I'm stuck, but I wanna be delivered and I wanna serve God and I wanna walk in freedom. I don't wanna be, I I don't wanna fall prey to the fun house, but man, I am just, the enemy is kicking my butt with the fun house and man I want to be free and I want to walk if that's you just slip up your hand come on just stick it up hold it up come on stick it up don't be afraid are we a family church hold up keep them 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 up come on come on hold them up dear God we raise our hands in confession that the fun house is kicking our tails and God you know that we that we're but dust that we're just a big bunch of dirt balls that's what we are you made us out of dirt God, the world is so attractive and it detours and it attracts us. And God, we need by faith to win the victory. So God, I pray right now there'd be relief. There'd be your paths of righteousness that you would show people how to walk out of the, uh, out of the addictions and the difficulties and the, the places that they're in. And that God, they would be able to walk in victory and be shining testimonies of your grace and your glory. And so God set people free, set families free, set hearts free. God, put houses right. God, we rebuke the devil who is destroying lives and families and marriages and kids and students. And God, we want to walk in victory. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, give him some praise, church. (laughs) My. Now, let me ask you a question. You think this is going to be a good series? man i mean so don't miss if you're gone on vacation get on the internet campus and bring somebody with you before this series is over this is what i believe those two you see those stadium seating in the back you see those back there look back there at them what what do you see in those seats nothing nothing except my brother back up there top who was our one of our stage hands back there one of our volunteers this is the deal. Before this series is over, before we hit Labor Day, this room will be filled for Jesus' sake. Amen, amen. Come on, come on. So, who's going to bring them? Twelve of you and ain't going to work. Who's going to bring them? Bring them. So we'll set them free in Jesus' name. Now, I, I, well, there's going to be some pastors down front. I'm already a couple minutes over. And when you pick your kids up back in the children's ministry, I want you to tell them that Pastor Chuck Carringer held the service over for me, if you would. And so, but there's going to be some pastors down front. Hey, the next couple of days, pray for our students. We had to do two student camps because we had so many students this year. Uh, they'll, they'll be for another couple of days. In another couple of weeks, we have another group. Pray for our, you know, pray for our student ministry. But, you know, if you pray with me, put it on a card, your communication card, and put it in the offering box. Or I want to, I I like to be a small group leader. I want to talk to somebody. Or sign me up for Next Steps class. Our last Next Steps was the largest in the history of the church. We got more people in groups, more people being saved, more people being baptized, more people stepping up than the life of our church. Amen. Come on. God is at work. So we love you. We are praying for you. Next week, we're going to talk about how to be in the boat, how to be in the fun house and not other fun houses. Don't miss it. Pastors are down front. We love you. Be blessed. Put the cards and offerings in the box, and we'll see you next week. Walk in victory.